as a vision of our soul shine I can feel it yours and mine close your eyes and witness it inside in your bones you will know trust and let go All Things in the Name of Love, Episode 20, Diving Deep into Life as a Spiritual Being with Heather Christian Strang. Heather Christian Strang is a best-selling author, mystic, and love activist. She has written eight books, including her recently released number one best-selling on Balboa Press, Love Now, Your Daily Dose of Love and Miracles, and her spiritual romance, The Quest Series. She has written for and been featured in Bustle, Spirit Guides Magazine, The Huffington Post, Elite Daily, Elephant Journal, Finer Minds, Sedona Journal of Emergence, The Oregonian, Portland Monthly, and the book Fierce on the Page. Christian is an ordained minister, master-level success coach, certified Pa Rama body talk practitioner, barefoot doctor, and graduated summa cum laude with a bachelor's degree in English and Women's Studies. She is currently completing her doctorate in metaphysical psychology. Christian is also the founder of Rising Up for Love, a love-based organization with the sole intent of bringing more love to the earth plane through meditations, love activism trainings, emotional empowerment tools, and more. Visit risingupforlove.org and receive a free love meditation, healing transmission, and grounding treatment. Christian, I can't even begin to tell you how honored I am that you are on this show with me. Oh, I'm so thrilled to be here with you. It's been such a joy watching you create this, Erica, and I'm just so thrilled that you're part of creating more love in the world. So thank you for all the work you do. Thank you, and thank you for the inspiration for you and my team for the inspiration for this podcast. Love it. Because it uses so many of my skill sets and it is like this, oh, of course. <laughs> it's such an of course. And it's so needed at this time. You know, we're really hungry for the love. You know, the collective is hungry for it. We're all ready to awaken to the understanding that we've all already known, of course, that at the core, love is what matters. So I'm just, I'm so grateful you're doing this podcast and I'm so stoked we get to do this together. I know, me too. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try not to um, get too excited, but I just, I love the work you do in the world. And you and I have been working together for four years, I think, something yeah. like that. Yeah. And I, I'm getting called to be on another podcast and she asked me to write a bio and I really didn't know what to say. Yeah. I've changed so much that I, I, I like, I know who I am and I don't recognize who I am. I (laughs) (laughs) I know you do because when you, when you take this path, like it started as, as tooting into my intuition, which I think is critical and something that people don't know how to do. True. So I think that's a good starting point is what are some ways that people can tune in to their intuition? 
Well, I love that you bring that up, Erica, because that was really the starting point for me as well. I got really sick and I realized like, okay, I've been doing all the things that you're supposed to do to be healthy. And my body is clearly telling me, no, it's not healthy, right? So I started with how can I increase my intuition? How can I hear what's happening within me? Because clearly I've been, you know, I was very disconnected from it. So it's the perfect place. I think that we start at when we begin to wake up, when we we begin to realize that there's more than just the physical going on in the world and that we need to pay attention, that there's something much deeper occurring. And so when folks start opening up at that level, you're, you're really just in this beautiful place to begin to be led by your deeper wisdom. Because here's what I didn't know, um, and I'm not sure what your experience was with this, but I didn't know what I was asking for. You know, I, I want to hear my intuition. I want to be able to follow it. <laughs> I had no idea all that was going to open up there. But the truth is, is that we have a higher self, a non-physical self who knows what's up, who knows why we're here, who knows why we came, who knows our purpose, who knows why, you know, my body freaked out and, you know, why all these different crises were happening in my life. And, And this is true for everyone. And when I can tap into that deeper wisdom, now life begins to shift from the physical to the metaphysical and we begin to experience synchronicities and what we would call miracles, which, you know, the, the notion of miracles I love and miracles are meant to be a daily part of our experience, not a once in a lifetime event. And so it really is this beginning to open up to our intuitive energies that gives us the opportunity to really become who we really are. And like you, I'm nowhere near the person I started at 11 years ago on this journey. And, and thankfully so. Yeah. And it's such a joy to have, to realize that life is about so much more and it's so much deeper, so much more fulfilling, so much more beautiful than what we're programmed to believe. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the things that I've noticed this year when I've, um, so I, I manage a garden and what that's done for me is so, it's so incredible on so many levels because I'm, I'm getting to understand how to relate with people more deeply. I'm recognizing that seeing a dragonfly at dusk is one of the most beautiful things I could ever see. And so my idea of my def my my ch- my childhood definition of a miracle has changed as I've understood what it really is. Yes, and it's that slowing down process, and and listening to my heart that has enabled me to understand so much more than my head ever could. Amen. Even though I love my head. <laughs> yes, we love our head brains. They're amazing. <laughs> so much. And here's why this is important. You know, like when this first started for me, I was like, what? I'm turning into some weird version of Eckhart Tolle. Like, what is wrong with me? Like, I just couldn't, I couldn't understand what was happening. But the reason why this is so important is that we aren't here in these bodies indefinitely. We're not even indefinitely on this earth. You know, we get a relatively short amount of time. Right now, humans can live to be like 125. And that's like really abundant for us to do that. And we have such a relatively short amount of time here. And it's like this, you know, you've heard me talk about it. It's like this adventure obstacle course. But here's the catch. The way that you like rock this experience is to do exactly what you're talking about and exactly what we're talking about, which is to slow down, 
be present, listen to that deeper wisdom within you, be led by that. That's how you like win the game of life. That's how you rock this experience is you do the things that we're talking about here and the lifestyle that I live and I know you live and that, you know, we are sharing with as many people as possible because this is what we came for. Yeah. I mean, like just the, the, the small act of getting a TerraCycle box about a year and a half ago has hit me in so many ways because it's not just, it's not just, oh, I'm not putting plastic in the ocean. It's like, I'm saving the lives of animals. I'm disconnecting from the dependency on, on gas products. Yes. And I'm being more mindful in my purchases across the board. Like recently I got a pair of new sandals and Steven said leather and I said I can't. I know. I hear you. <laughs> I seriously cannot do it anymore. I've got vegan leather, everything. I know. I really can't do it. And it's, it's, you know, and, and this week I, I, had, um, I had a dinner that I've had for years. It was like a gluten-free breaded haddock bite. Yes. And I got done and I felt sick. And I was like, oh, okay. Because like two months ago, my body was like, I don't like chicken anymore. Yes, I went through that. Well, this week, body went through, I don't like this breaded haddock. I, I don't like salmon anymore, which is crazy. I don't know if I like trout anymore. But like my body's just like, I don't like this anymore. It doesn't serve me. And it's such a wild journey of, of, of all, the, all the things because I perceive, you know, I still have this narrative that I gave up beef. I get, like, it's, it's like a massive food group. because it's like I've given up seven things and it feels like I've just transformed my life because these seven things have had so much cultural baggage to them (laughs) true and if you think about the energy that goes into those foods that are you know whether it's the animals and how they're treated and then how they make their transition to like the chemicals in the foods. It's so wild to me. I'm, I'm totally with you on that to discover that the body just goes through these points where it's like, nope, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. And I literally would have every two years, it started with gluten and then it was soy and then it was corn and then it was sugar. And then it was, you know, like all dairy. And then, you know, it just kept growing and, and people joke about, and I know you and I have talked about this. People joke to me all like, well, what can you eat? And like, you know, there's something crazy wrong with me because- <laughs> I'm not putting chemicals and processed shit in my body. And you get to the point where you just can't, right? Like if you're going to be in this experience and you become more and more filled with love, it just changes. The the love is the love for your body, the love for, you know, animals and other beings. It just changes everything. And, and I'm not ever saying, you know, you've got to, you've got to be vegan or you've got to be this you know, to be spiritual or be attuned. That is an individual experience that everyone has to go through with their own body. But what I think is important to share with people is that it just, as you become more of who you really are, the things that used to just fit so well for you and be like no thing, you you just can't do anymore because you get to this point of like, you have so much overwhelming love for yourself and for other beings. You just can't. And it's wild, like you were saying, to observe it within yourself. Oh, it is. And it's, it affects so many different things. Like one, one of the things that happened yesterday is I went to get my hair cut and, my, my, and I was going to ask my stylist about curling products because my hair has some, some wave to it. And she said, we're going to change your life. 
I said, what? She said, we're going to go curly girl method. Oh, fun. And like my hair has been wanting this. Yes. And I never knew it because I have a flat iron and I straighten it. And, you know, hair is just like all cracked and craggly. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll try this. Hair is so happy. And I'm giving hair a personality, yeah. but, but hair is part of me. And it's a part of me that I didn't fully love. Yes. And it's a consciousness. Like, it like is. People might be going, we're way, we're going way out there, folks. Stay with us. But like, <laughs> there is a consciousness. And it has a preference too. You know, every part of our body is that way. That's why when we have like physical dis-ease come up, it's like that consciousness of the body is communicating with us. Like this life experience is so like amazing and complex and like multidimensional. It's really a trip. And like you were saying, it feels so good to like, whether it's setting your hair free or, you know, what you put into your body or just like how you show up, the purchasing decisions you make. You know, we always say like you vote with your dollars mm-hmm. You're in the universe and the government and all that is like what you want to see more of whenever you make a purchase. So before you buy whatever it is, do you want more leather? Is that what you want more of? Do you want more gluten? You know, whatever it might be. Yeah. But it's really starting to take ownership and be empowered in our lives to say like, wait, I am a creator. I'm in this incredible body. What do I want to create more of? And for me, and I know for you and for those called, it's like, we want more love, which means we got to be love to ourselves first and foremost, and then begin to make decisions with how we spend our money, with how we show up, with, you know, what we're putting into our bodies that is an expression of love. Hmm. I think I think our culture is, has thought that self care, which is pretty much bubble baths and bonbons, <laughs> right, right. is the way to is the way to really love yourself. But that's 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 lovely, and I'm grateful when I get to do that with myself. And what I what I prefer is when I listen to like Indian folk music and I just let my body dance. That is deep self care for me because I'm letting my spirit show. Yes. Beautiful. And that's like the bubble baths and like pedicures. Cause I remember that's where I started, you know, like, okay, self-care, what are we going to do here? I'm going to take bubble baths and, and like, it's a good place to start, but it's so funny as humans, we like always externalize our experience, right? We're like, okay, I need to do self-care. So it needs to be these external things. We forget that really self-care is going within like you said letting your spirit out to dance and for me it was feeling emotions because I had just like stuffed everything I had so much trauma in my early life and no doubt in previous lifetimes I was just like stuffing 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 Mm -hmm. and so for me the greatest act of self-love just came in the last five years of my life which was when my higher wisdom taught me how to feel my feelings and how to work with emotions while in a physical body, which no one had ever taught me. And I had been in therapy for 10 years. Wow. You know, my, my parents, my family members, they didn't know how to do it. They didn't. Right. It's just like wild that I was in my mid thirties and did not know how to feel my feet. I didn't know what to do with them. You know, the good feelings, sure. But did yeah. not know what to do with anything that didn't feel good. So I just stuffed it, stuffed it, stuffed it with food, with alcohol, with toxic relationships just pushed it all, all down with my victim consciousness. You know, it's, it's incredible. Oh yeah. I mean, when I started working with you, I, I hadn't dealt with my grandfather's death from when I was 10. Yeah. 
because my family told me it wasn't good to show emotions. Right, exactly, which is so crazy. I'm so sorry. So, so, you know, we tune in and, and one of the techniques you have is talking to your inner child, which is probably one of the most transformative Yes. Techniques I've ever, and, and like simultaneously painful and liberating at the same time. Yes. So without getting into the details, essentially you want to share what it is. Yeah, absolutely. So I believe every human needs to reparent themselves. Even if you would say like, oh yeah, I had a good childhood. There are just occurrences that occur that our parents can't possibly show up for because it's happening within our psyche. And certainly for those of us that have had trauma, who've been given messages like it's not okay to feel or it's not okay to show your feelings. It's so, like you, you said it so beautifully, Erica, that it's both, you know, simultaneous, simultaneously liberating and um, difficult. You know, it's, there's a lot that comes up. But when you go back to that younger girl or younger version of yourself, because sometimes I'm working with my 30-year-old self, mm-hmm. you know, go back to those younger versions of yourself and you walk her through the experience, him or her through the experience and give them new tools and then call in a guardian to support them so they don't feel alone. It's just so healing and so necessary. I mean, I think about there were, there was like a year there or two. I don't know what your experience has been with this Erica, but like where I was working with my 10 year old, like, like almost every day, you know, it was, that was like a huge point in my life and she needed my care and my consistency like multiple times a week every week for at least a year and the profound liberation I've experienced in my relationships now because I've taken care of that wounded 10-year-old and my three-year-old and my seven-year-old and all those other ages is it's really so liberating and then like like we were talking about the externalized then you get the externalization so you go internal you do that work with your younger self and we do have a whole process in our empowerment guide where literally I was amazing I'm sorry it was just amazing oh thank you yeah it was such a liberation for me to receive that um and I received that through meditation and through spirit just bringing me the right books at the right time and when we reparent ourselves we then have the externalized results of healthy relationships romantically and in our family. You've heard me talk about this. My entire family has changed. It went from being like the most traumatic, toxic group of people I could possibly have incarnated with to like, it's this harmonious, healthy thing that's happening in my family. And I'm just mystified by it. That's amazing. It's so amazing. And it's such a testament though, to doing the internal work. Yeah. When you do the internal work, the external changes. That's just Oh my happens. gosh, yeah. And when you're healing yourself at that level with your inner child and also with your ancestral line, which the empowerment guide goes through a karmic deactivation process, literally my family line has been able to shift because I did the work. And I'm sure you've seen it in all those who do this work know that it's like you're healing your family line backwards and forwards. It's mm-hmm. Well, I had this experience last night. I was, I was, I woke up and I had this tension and I was like, what is this tension? And I heard, because I can't really, like I I got the sensation uh, that it wasn't mine. Yes. I was carrying, because I have a tendency to carry things that aren't mine because I'm an empath, like most empaths do. And this was like a, a 
I don't even remember because it, it was like at two in the morning or something like that. So I, I didn't remember what it was, but I felt, I felt myself relieved that it wasn't mine. So I know I'm, I've, because I've been doing this for a few years, I know when it's something that's mine and when it's something I picked up. Yes. And that's such an important distinction to be able to make. And that's why I tell folks, as soon as you feel something, check in, is this mine? You know, because so much of the stuff that we're carrying is from our ancestors. It is from previous lifetimes. It is from that argument we had with our partner or with a family member or a friend or whatever it was. And so it's so important to take care of our emotional and psychic health because again, that allows us to, you're talking about the dragonfly at sunset, you know, it allows us to be in the present moment and really soak up the time that we do get here in these bodies on this earth. I so agree. I had a conversation. Stephen and I got into a miscommunication a few months ago and I looked at him and I said, I need to leave you alone and I need to go by myself and take care of this. And he said, what? And I said, I want to just be with myself so I can heal whatever this thing is that you just triggered in me. Yes. And he was just blown away. And I just went to the bedroom, I shut the door and I cried for about, I don't know, about 20 minutes just to release that energy of the trigger. And then I released the energy that was attached to it. And I came out and he's like, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I just needed that time. Yeah. And yeah. it's okay to have a time out. Gosh, timeouts are my favorite thing ever. <laughs> because we can get nowhere when both partners are triggered or even when one of us is triggered. Like you can't get anywhere just trying to like hash it out. And so I literally, the timeout, my husband and I are just like, oh, it's a timeout. We go to our separate spaces. We do our work. We come back together. Oh, this is what I discovered. Oh, this is what I discovered. Sorry about that. What's our new solution? Oh, you know, that's like, beautiful we could get the whole, you know, or more of the planet to do that and more of the collective, we just have so much less violence, so much less pain, so much less suffering. When we take full responsibility for our experience, it is everything. Mm -hmm. It sure is. And, and, and having the awareness that, you know, and it's, it, it is, it's, it's stopping. Like, so when you're in the middle, this is something I've, I've done a few times when I feel myself getting triggered, I'll stop. And if I, if I have the awareness, which I'm much better at than I used to be, and I'll put my hands on my heart and I'll inhale through my nose, exhale through my mouth a few times so I can just see where it's coming from. Yes. And if I can't heal myself in that moment, I'll write it down. Beautiful. Because it's that important. It's so important. I mean, it's like the most important thing, caring for our inner landscape is everything because there's so much unresolved content. I mean, depending on your specific journey, there's a lot of unresolved content. There's a lot of stories that we absorb from the media, that we absorb from the internet, that we absorb from all over. And so if we're not stopping and paying attention to what we're feeling, and I love that imagery of you stopping with your hands on your heart and taking those deep breaths. And I literally have been, we've been out to dinner and I will feel something. I'll just be like, mm, I just hang on a second. I got to feel something. And I will just close my eyes, go into what it is, clear it out, tap out my cortices, you know, at the table. And then I'm like, oh, cool, I'm good. You know, I like, love that. Where before I would spend, you know, I wouldn't feel that feeling for months mm -hmm. at all, you know, because it was just too uncomfortable to feel. And it's just, 
you know, we exist at a time now in consciousness where we just can't get away with that anymore. Like we have to show up for ourselves because showing up for ourselves means showing up for each other. The oh, way yeah. The way that we heal this collective, you know, we see all the quote unquote problems in the world. The way we heal that is through healing it inside of ourselves and then taking action from that place. Yeah. I had a, a few months ago, I had this really deep healing of, of my six month old interaction and I allowed myself to fully feel the terror. Mm-hmm. And for about 90 seconds, I was immobilized by it. Mm-hmm. And then it was gone. And it was so, because that's like the deepest I've done on my own. The deepest healing I've ever done on my own is just getting to sit with that little, little girl who's in traction and has no idea what the hell's going on, is questioning, like, what the hell am I doing in this body? I hate my body because it's, it, it doesn't work. You know, I hate my mom because she abandoned me. She let people do this. Like all of that energy was all tied in and I just sat with it and it was terrifying Yeah, for 90 seconds. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and that's about how long an emotion, if we're purely feeling it will last, that it, that's all that it'll be. And so we, we avoid it and avoid it because we're afraid to feel it. Right. But it's like, if we will just be present for it, it's not going to last more than 90 seconds. Like I've never had a pure terror emotion or pure fear emotion last any longer than that. And I'm always surprised because I'm like bracing myself for like, Oh my God, what if this keeps going? (laughs) I know it's over. And you're like, Oh, Oh, I actually feel great now. Yeah. Because you're, you're not carrying it anymore. Exactly. It's incredible. And it's just so like, because you know, my journey, one of the things that I felt was while I was in my mom's womb, was my twin brother that she didn't even know she was carrying. So I think to myself, every single being on this planet needs to sit with themselves and feel it. Amen. Because it's just like, it doesn't matter what age you are. I wasn't even born and I felt the energy. That's right. That's absolutely right. I've worked on newborns. I've done healing work on newborns, like literally within... 15 minutes of them being born and I immediately have to clear birth trauma. Wow. It's like we come in, the the way that we enter is a traumatic event, you know? And so I encourage, you know, everyone to of course do the work we're talking about and to have energy medicine work done and clear those traumas because they're literally formed the moment we get here. And if we had a traumatic, if our mom was going through trauma or our father was going through trauma while we were in utero, We've got trauma from that that needs to be cleared and healed. And, and this, this doesn't have to be a big, heavy thing. Like you were sharing, it's like you were able to do that healing on yourself. And it was like a couple of minutes of your life. You know, it's like we tend to resist doing this deeper work because we think, oh, then once I get started, it'll never stop. And I just can't. I don't want to go there. I'll just, you know, go watch some TV or read a magazine or, you know, get on the Internet or whatever it is. And it really doesn't have to take that much time from the amount of liberation and peace and joy and love that you return to when you do this work is why you and I do it, right? It's why those of us to do the deeper work do it because 
life, you reach a point in this life where it's just not satisfying anymore. And the reason it's not satisfying is because you're avoiding the deeper content and the deeper unfolding that's calling to you. And once you dive into that, it's the most magical, miracle-filled existence you could possibly have. Oh, it is. And, you know, I, I even give myself permission, like if it's something big that I feel coming up, I'll give myself permission to avoid for a day. Totally. Absolutely. Because you know, and I'll watch myself. I'll go into this. Ma- I'll, I'll do anything. And I don't really have much options. I have books. I have the Internet. I, we don't even have television. So I don't I don't really watch anything. So I don't have that avoidance. I don't really listen to anything. Any- I mean, I listen to some music, but not like I used to. And so I don't really have too many distractions, but I'll find them. Oh, girl, I will clean the house before I <laughs> my trauma, traumatic feeling I don't want to feel or my anger. I'll just be like, oh, I suddenly need to do the dishes and scrub the floors and do all these things that I haven't <laughs> before I will actually feel this. I, I hear you. I mean, we're, we're hilarious. We're hilarious. It's so funny. And you know, if it goes into the second day, I'm like, okay, you know, you've pushed it. well let you have one day and then the second day no you can't do it anymore because then it it becomes a pattern right and I don't want to get I don't want to have that addiction to avoidance yes well which like our culture has so Mm -hmm. I mean it's really insightful for you to be able to catch that and be like okay I'm not going to activate this addiction because like I mean there there are whole life streams that are just distractions and I'm sure that I've lived lifetimes like that you know that we all have where you're just avoiding, 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 but this isn't the lifetime for that. You know, this is the lifetime to wake up and really establish like incredible self-intimacy and self-love and, and then be, be that vibration of love so that everywhere you go and every action you take is bringing more of that vibration of love. Mm -hmm. And it's such, such an amazing, it's not the love. So I was, I was brought up with conditional love. Yes, me too. And that always leaves you on edge. <laughs> totally. Because you don't know, like for me, it was, what are the expectations that I have to meet in order to get the love? And yes. it's, a, it's a moving target. Yes, exactly. So it's not that kind of love. <laughs> no, it's not the love we're speaking of, because that's not really love, right? Right. Oh. And that I would say is probably what the the majority of humans have experienced is this, you know, if you do this, I'll do that. If you, you know, it's all transactional, it's all conditional. And the love that we actually are within ourselves when we're clear of the traumas and the distractions and, and the pain is like the love that loves no matter what. And that's really what we're all here to return to while in these physical bodies. And the reason why is because that is actually creates the most meaningful, joyful, what we've been talking about here today, miraculous life experience. So that's what we actually came to experience, but we just have to work through some stuff or a lot of stuff, depending <laughs> on who we are, um, to get to that. And that's okay. And it's also not, I don't want to make it sound like you have to do all the work and then you get all the reward. It's like the minute you start opening, right? But 11 years ago, the minute I started opening and saying, okay, I want to live by something deeper. I I said out loud, like my mind is not the jam, right? Like my mind is fucking my life up. Like, please God, let me be led by something else. And from that moment on, the miracle started, you know, and it was still a long time before I learned how to do this emotional healing work you and I are talking about. That didn't happen until my mid thirties. So it's like, 
it doesn't mean you have to do all this work and then you get the reward. It's like the minute you open it, willing and you begin to take the steps forward, the miracles start flowing into your life, the synchronicities, the guidance, the joy, it just goes so much deeper. And then you're on this incredible ride of it just gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And you think like, I've had those moments where I'm like, okay, I couldn't possibly get any better than this. I have everything I could possibly want. And then it gets deeper and richer. I'm just, it's stunning. You know, then life becomes like this stunning thing that you just didn't even know it could be. Even, I want to be clear, even if shit is going wrong, that's the thing. It's not like you're controlling your experience and it's, you know, positive all the time. It's like, yeah, shit goes wrong, but now you have the tools, you have a way to show up for life in a way that lets even the hardest things be miraculous and filled with love and joy and peace. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's such a beautiful way to live. I mean, it's, it's, cause I, I know I mean, there are days when I go, can I please have not something come up? (laughs) That would be really nice. And while I'm there, I mean, just getting my hands in the dirt. I don't wear gloves because I want to feel the dirt. My nails look horrible and I don't care. (laughs) I still have dirt dirt in them, but you know, whatever. Because that's, that's part of what brings me joy. Yes. And since I, I know, I sense, I feel my essence is joy. I want to give that essence as much of it as I can so that I can live in the joy that I am. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And, you know, I hear, I hear folks say, and I certainly had this experience early on, which is why I avoided doing anything and had to get sick to like start to wake up was that it just seemed like, oh, it's just going to be so much work to like feel things and like, you know, um, uh, like, to just live in that deeper way. It just seems like, oh, you know what? I'll just stay on autopilot. That really seems to be working for me. That's fine. You can do that until it doesn't, right? Right. Because it will crash at some point. And for me, that's really when my life began, honestly, 11 years ago when I got sick and had that big health crisis and said, okay, I'm willing because I am fucking this up in every way. My mind is like, has been leading my life and that's not serving me. Like I surrender. And from that moment on, my life got really, really interesting and really miraculous and so much better than when I was just coasting and trying, you know, just being on autopilot and living my programs and not getting curious and not asking deeper questions, and not feeling the feelings and not doing the deeper work. Right. I mean, one of the things that I've noticed is as I've been on my journey is a couple months ago, one of my friends emailed me and said, Erica, I need your help. I said, okay, what? And she said, I need you to heal my mom. I'm like, well, I, I don't, I'm not a healer. <laughs> well, for two hours, I had energy pouring through my hands. Love it. And I'm typing stuff and I'm talking to her mom and I end up telling her what she, she had an event happen. And I said, okay, what was the trigger? She said, what do you mean? I said, what was the trigger? And she told me and I said, and when did you first experience this? And she paused because she's, she's spiritual, but she didn't really do the inner child work. Yeah. And she said, 11. I said, sit with your 11-year-old. And she said, oh. <laughs> Nobody wants to sit with their 11-year-old. But your she did. You. Yes, your 11-year-old needs you. She did. And her, because he had a flare-up with arthritis. And the, as soon as she sat with her, the arthritis went away. That's it. That's it right there. I mean, and, and it's like, so, so your body 
tells you when you're not in alignment. Mm -hmm. It tells you when you're doing things that aren't good for it, for your soul. And for, for me, I know when I'm not doing something that's fully aligned because my teeth start hurting. It's like, do you really teeth? Okay. <laughs> All right. But, but you know, it's, it's, it's because it's telling me something. That's right. And the body carries the traumas in it too. So the body can also be saying like, Hey, you know, your 11 year old is sitting over here and she's in pain and she needs your help. You know, like the body is always communicating with us. All of life is always communicating with us. And it's always trying to set us free. Always. Even, you know, when those terrible things happen, like people we love make their transition, you know, or die before we want them to, or we get sick or we lose the job or we lose the lover or whatever it is. Like those things are all happening as communication, as an invitation to go deeper into your truth and into who you are. And it's different for everyone. You know, and so that's why it's so important for us to take our judgment off of each other's journeys and support each other in finding our own unique truth, our our path, whatever that might be. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, going from being a cultural historian to wanting to work with, I'm feeling that this is a line, working with um, UNESCO on the 2030 agenda, which is literally bringing people into peace and love and loving the planet and the goals are so as you would call it and i would call it five-dimensional where we're actually stepping into that love state yes that that and i'm like okay well mind says am i qualified Mm. heart says you are so fucking qualified what are you talking about you've been doing this since you were four yes and and so we have to Love again, love head brain, love head brain. Yes, we love the head brain. <laughs> and and living through the heart is it's something in my journey has been very challenging because I'm I had been so steeped in academia and I love my curiosity gets taken over by my obsessive compulsion. Yeah. So calling myself on that that switch from curious to obsessive. And putting my hands on my heart and saying, no, you don't need to solve everything. You don't need to figure everything out. Yes. Beautiful. It's so liberating. Absolutely. I mean, we're programmed to run our life from the head brain. And it's, you know, the head brain gets a lot of, gets a bad rap sometimes when we're doing spiritual work. But the thing is, it's not fair because we put all of this stuff on the head brain that it was never meant to do always we were supposed to enter the heart gate for the vision for the next step for like whatever was calling to us and then to feel the grounding of that in our gut brain and so our gut brain like backs up the heart or can bring in more clarity for what the heart is trying to tell us and then the head brain was only ever meant to help us take those steps like help us get the podcast set up or help us you know, fill out the application to do the thing or to get the directions to where we needed to go and then to get us there. We put way too much pressure on the head brain and we gave it a job that it was never, it was never, ever, ever created for. The head brain wasn't created to lead our whole lives forward. And we can see how disastrous that has been for us as a collective. Mm -hmm. There is that programming to lead with your logic, your head brain. It's, it's like you're completely devoid of what is actually true and what 
will actually bring you the greatest love, peace, prosperity, and fulfillment. And it's exhausting. (laughs) Not to mention completely exhausting and your body will let you know, not like it. Oh yeah. I mean, when, when I used to, uh, I'll give my last year of grad school as an example. So I had no interest in writing my dissertation. None. I love doing the research. That was fun. But sitting down and actually writing theoretical stuff on, on my topic of radio, I had no interest in doing that. And I forced myself to do five edits. Wow. And, and I gained 100 pounds. <laughs> yeah, because your body was like, no. It was. And, and like, I had this mantra, like my last year, I will, I will not pay the student loans back without the PhD, Yeah, which worked, but my poor body, yeah. but I was just like, what the fuck are you doing to me? <laughs> I thought you loved me. You clearly don't. First I got asthma, then I got, <laughs> then I got fat. <laughs> Your body was talking though, right? I mean, that was yelling at me. Yes. Yes. I mean, the asthma, I, I, when I lived in Old Town, there was a paper mill, and within two months of living there, I got, I had a nebulizer, I had a butyrol, I had, ad, I don't even remember, I was on like six medications. I moved from Old Town to Bangor, one month, it's gone. Yeah, yeah, there's your um, sign. Yeah, and it was like, oh, I'm poisoning myself. Oh, <laughs> The environment is so important. And I would love to highlight that for your listeners too. like really check in with your environment. Like, where are you living? What is the structure that you're living in? You know, like really tune into that because that can make or break your physical and emotional and mental health. I had a client I was working with recently and she was having all these weird symptoms and it was totally the place she had moved into. It was like, there was like lead paint and there was, you know, stuff happening there that was totally toxifying her system. Wow. Yeah. So it's like our environment is so important and we just get disconnected, right? We're just, if we're living from the head up, we don't realize that everything we put in our body, everything we surround our body with, because the body is a tuning fork. It's meant to communicate with you. You know, we get pissed when our body does stuff that we don't like, but it's doing its job. The body, that hundred pounds was like, you are going against your greater wisdom. Mm -hmm. Like I'm trying to show you that this is not in alignment, right? So our our body is always talking to us and it's so fascinating that we just want to blame like things that aren't true, right? Like, oh, it's, you know, hereditary or the doctor said this. And so I'm going to take this medication. It's like nothing wrong with taking medications. Just do the deeper inquiry first and check in and see what's going on because you might just be living in the wrong place. I've had clients who like were not making it financially, weren't making it in their love life. They were living in an area that was totally toxic for them. We got them the correct information for where they needed to live. They're thriving. I had one of my gals, her guidance was to move somewhere that was like two states away. And she was like, okay, I'm going for it. She ended up getting an inheritance shortly after, and now she doesn't have to work. Wow. When you bring yourself into the environment that is really most supportive of you, your whole life can change. And so it's like, we have to really honor that these bodies that we're in are like, really incredible and they're they're helping us out every step of the way and your example of when you moved you know in Maine and then all the symptoms went away is just like an excellent example of that of like that's when you're in a place that's 
supporting you. We all have our power spot or, you know, my higher wisdom calls it, um, you know, love territories. We all have the areas that will most nourish us, that we will thrive in and that we can be of greatest benefit to. And that's one of our, you know, journeys in this lifetime is to connect into where those are and those can, those will change as we grow and develop. But it's really incredible to have that experience of like, I'm sick in one place and totally fine in another place. And, and another, a minor thing that I noticed when we moved into our current apartment, I saged it before our we moved in and I blessed it and I thanked it for allowing us to move in. And the vibration of the space is so uplifting. Yeah. And it's a simple thing because, you know, we have this perception that because it seems inanimate, it doesn't have emotions. Yeah. And to thank it, I mean, I, we, when we walked in to start moving, Stephen said, this place feels so nice. Mm. This is because I blessed it. Like people at my garden, I've had a winter solstice, a spring equinox, and a summer solstice. The vibe of that space is so high. Everybody's like, you're doing such an amazing job. I can't, this feels so much better than it did last year. I'm like, I'm blessing the fucking land. Yes. I see the, I talk to the cedar that's the anchor for the garden and I thank it for taking care of the space. It's not my imagination. (laughs) No, no, because everything is consciousness and Ho'oponopono, which is the ancient Hawaiian healing art, talks about this and addresses this. Everything is consciousness. So exactly what you're sharing, like to bless any place you move into. I mean, I do this with hotel rooms. I do it anywhere I go to ask for permission. Are you okay with being here? you know, I'm going to be taking care of you or be your, you know, guest for this amount of time, or I'm going to be living here, whatever it is. Like everything has consciousness, which means everything is alive in some way. And Ho'oponopono teaches that and teaches you the art of that and the art of honoring all things as living things. And then, you know, I apologize to furniture when I run into it now, you know, I'm like, I'm sorry about that. Um, Because I want to be an honor. Yeah. My environment, my experience, And not because, and this is a really important point, and it was a really big aha for me on my journey. You know, I'm not doing this because, first of all, it doesn't look cool. So I'm definitely not doing it because it's it's popular, because it sure as hell is not popular. But I'm doing it because that's the right thing for my soul to do. Like my husband was giving me a hard time about my plastic thing, because I'm really like on a mission to break the addiction to plastic. Mm -hmm. He's like, you're not going to save anything. Like it it doesn't matter. And I said, it's not about that. It's not about me saving the earth. It's not about just because I donate to these nonprofits or I volunteer with them or I, you know, recycle and do and compost and do all these things. It's not about, I think I'm saving the earth. The earth is going to be just fine. Right. I'm trying to save my soul. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to make sure I'm doing the right thing for my soul. And we tend to like get caught up in this, like, well, it's not worth it because it's not really going to do anything. It's not about that. It's about you doing the right thing because that's what you came to do. Right. So that was so much more empowering to me than when I was recycling or I was um, doing things differently because I thought, oh oh my gosh, the earth, I got to save her. I got to save her. Or, you know, how am I going to ever make a difference? Right. People feel so overwhelmed. Right. How can it make a difference? There's so many things wrong. And it's true, but it's not up to you to change the whole spectrum. It's mm-hmm. up to you to do the right thing for your soul so that when you make that transition out of that physical body and you're doing your life review, you know 
you did everything you could to not contribute to more plastic on the earth or, you know, the straws or the plastic bags or the food, the animals, whatever it is, you know that you treated this earth with respect. You treated your body with respect. You treated every structure that you lived in or stayed out with respect. That creates more of that high vibrational consciousness and supports you in living a miracle-filled life. And also, when you make your transition, you do so in peace because you know you came here and you did what you came here to do. And it's not about doing it perfectly. It's about the intention and it's about consistently showing up. Mm -hmm. It totally is. I mean, I know in my journey of my goal, I don't even like using the word goal, but my intent is that I don't have plastic by December because I just, it hurts me. Like when I, when I pick up a piece of plastic for myself, I think, where's this going? Yeah. And it hurts because I could be choking a dolphin. I know. I see seagulls everywhere out here on the coast. And I just think I can't, I cannot, I can't do it. I'm like, and so it is. And I think again, folks, we can get overwhelmed, you know, hearing this conversation of like, oh my God, how am I going to eradicate plastic? It's baby steps. It's just, it's just showing up every day and making different choices, right? Like before I get to go food to go, I say, what containers do you have? You can actually, you know, bring your own containers. My husband is like, I will be so embarrassed if you do that. And I was like, well, get ready to be embarrassed because for you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. So we're going to just have to figure it out. You know, like it's just step by step making those changes. And again, it's not because you single-handedly are going to be able to save all the animals from the plastic, but it's your one last person who's contributing to that in that moment. And you're doing the right thing for your soul. And everyone has to like, we've talked about so many amazing things here today, Erica, I'm so lit up from this conversation too. Everyone has to find their flow. I didn't do all of this and I don't think you did either in like six months or a year. You know, this has been an 11 year journey for me of like waking up and waking up and waking up and waking up. And it's just, you know, it's the awakening process. It's not a one time event. We just keep waking up more and more. We went to buy new luggage and I just was like, I can't buy leather. I've never had that sensation before in my body. I just couldn't do it. I was like, I have to get a a vegan leather bag because I cannot do it. It wasn't like I've employed everything we've talked about here today in like a short amount of time. It is just been when you're ready to make that shift, you'll just get to the place where you just can't put the animal in your body. You can't buy the bag. You can't, you know, use the plastic, whatever it is. And so I really encourage folks to not beat up on themselves, but feel inspired by this and to lean in to like, how can I honor my soul? How can I honor this earth? How do I show up in the way that's most authentic to who I am? And when you open that up, it's just a matter of time and those shifts will just begin to come in. Mm -hmm. And I love that that your husband's embarrassed by your actions because Stephen is too sometimes. And I'm like, no, it's okay. You can be embarrassed. I don't know what you think, like who you think is going to embarrass you, but. Yeah. I mean, I'm just like, well, that's an emotion you should process. And I fully support you in processing that emotion. <laughs> it's an important thing for us. And I've definitely seen women do this throughout the 11 years of working with women of like, well, my husband isn't fully in support. Well, it's not his job to be fully in support. Like we are the divine feminine. We're here to lead the masculine on this stuff. 
Yeah. So it's like, we have to demonstrate, you know, my husband is like going to the recycling center with me. Cause we don't, they don't have pickup recycling here on the coast. And he's like, I can't believe I'm someone who recycles. And I'm like, yeah, well, you're welcome. <laughs> you know, life in this way. You know, like we have to remember that we're here to show them another yeah. way. And so really holding, you know, in our alignment, right. I'm not yeah. you know, talk about it. I'm just like, honey, I'm sorry. I'll, you can get up and go to the car and then I'll ask for it. You know, like you don't have to be embarrassed, but this is what's happening You know, <laughs> with creative solutions, but not let that hold you back. Yeah. So long we've held ourselves back because we didn't want to embarrass anyone or because we didn't want our husbands or our parents or whoever to feel uncomfortable or our religion or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. and our government and now it's time to let that go and to really stand in our full authentic expression and not worry or care about what anyone else thinks as long as we're doing it with love and we're not being a jerk to anyone else you know like then keep it moving yeah i mean i i know i'm at the point where you know when you were younger i were younger we had masks oh, of, yeah. for communication i i can't find them yeah right <laughs> <laughs> because I've gotten to the point where I just like I, I had somebody recently uh, that I grew up with talk to me on on Facebook. It's like, how are you doing, Erica? I said, well, I just want to let you know I'm really spiritual now. And, <laughs> and he's like telling me all of this stuff. And I'm like, honey, you need to do some inner child work. And he's like, no, I've already been to counseling. I'm like, yeah, that didn't even touch your inner child work. Yeah, no. And, and he, it got to the point, it got to the point where he stopped talking to me. Yeah. Because I couldn't show up in any other way. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's not a bad thing because I'm not feeling like I'm hiding myself. And some people are going to gravitate to you and some people are going to be like, wow, she's really weird. And that's okay. Absolutely. And we can't be everything for everyone. I think that's a wound in the feminine, you know, is like, we're trying to be there for everyone and be everything for everyone. And we can't, we have to be who we are and then know like, you know, our partners, they need to have that support, a, a mentor, a guide so that they can process their stuff with that individual as we also have that. And then there are things in our friendships, like some friendships really thrive in these conditions and others thrive in other conditions. And, and it's not about making each other wrong. It's just how do we find the creative solution that honors the sacredness of each other without getting into those codependent patterns that really hurt both people. And, you know, that's just part of mastery. And it feels like, you know, an ongoing part of the journey. My husband and I laugh a lot about like, you know, marriage is a spiritual uh, pathway and it develops you. And we're learning wow. so much about how we want to be in the world through like what comes into our container. And I mean, that's a beautiful gift. And if we can mm -hmm. see all of our relationships like that, then we stay out of the like, you know, frustration and judgment and more just like, okay, well, we're just growing in different directions. and. We're going to honor the gifts that we do share and let's find creative solutions where we don't match up anymore. And then it just becomes a way more peaceful, you know, scenario where before, you know, it's like, oh, this person's wrong or I'm wrong. And it's like, nobody's wrong. Everyone's just having the experience they need to have. How do we find a win-win? Mm -hmm. oh, I could talk to you for hours. <laughs> Same. I'm, I'm like, oh my gosh, we're running out of time, but that was amazing. I'm so happy we did this. Me too, honey. I'm so grateful. I mean, Oh man, I have so wanted to have just a conversation with you for years. Oh, I love that we could do it on your podcast of all things, which is so perfect. Oh, because I just love, 
how we how we open up and we expand and we explore and it's just this amazing process and i just love it so much yeah same and it's really fun to be able to share with other people who are walking the path right and so it's just so uplifting and such a good reminder of like okay we got this you know and i think that's just so important to have these conversations and i'm so grateful you're doing the podcast and that it lined up for for us to be able to be with you because this was just so much fun. I can't I wait to stay here and share it with everyone. Oh, me too. I'm going to have it um, next, not this coming Monday, but the Monday after. Awesome. Yeah. And no rush, of course, but whenever it comes out, it'll be perfect, but I'm excited for it to be out in the world. Me too. Oh, thank you so, so much. Oh, you're so welcome, honey. It was a joy to share with you. And I'm so excited to hear what this conversation brings to others. And may it be a divine blessing of the highest light and that all resonant souls are able to connect even more fully with who they really are through this conversation. Thank you so much. Mm, and so it is. It is so. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, honey. The action item of the week is given the content of the show to merely take it in. See what resonates deeply. If you think you want to dive deeper, do a Google search on Body Talk and check out risingupforlove.org to see the resources Christian offers. Until next week, I bid you the highest peace, love, and prosperity. Namaste. Vision of our soul shine. I can feel it, yours and mine. Close your eyes and witness it inside. In your bones, you will know. Trust and let go. And let it flow.